I said, empty your mind. Be formless, shapeless, like water. It's about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. Join movement expert Aaron Alexander as he dives into the minds of the foremost innovative healthcare thinkers and movement masters on their approach to optimal health and wellness. Align Podcast. I am a human being. Nothing human can be alien to me. If you can internalize the least portion of that, you will never be able to say of, a, of an act, a criminal act, or oh, I couldn't do that. No matter how heinous the crime, if a human being did it, you have to say, I have in me all the components that are in her or in him. I intend to use my energies constructively as opposed to destructively. If you can do that about the negative, just think what you can do about the positive. If a human being dreams a great dream, dares to love somebody, if a human being dares to be Martin King or Mahatma Gandhi or Mother Teresa or Malcolm X, if a human being dares to be bigger than the condition into which she or he was born. It means so can you. Welcome back to Lime Podcast. My name is Aaron Alexander. In today's beautiful episode, I got to have my friend, Mr. Mark Sisson, on the show. Um, surely he needs no introduction for the majority of you people, uh, but uh, for the folks that do, he is the writer of the Primal Blueprint, uh, Primal Endurance. He's kind of like, I think of him as like the, the godfather of ancestral health, primal lifestyle, all that stuff. Um, really fun conversation. We get into some kind of deeper parts of Mark that I'm, I would imagine we probably haven't delved into too much in, in a lot of other episodes, um, getting into just how he's created, what he has in his life, uh, getting into, I'm outside by the way right now, I'm recording in my garden, if you hear birds and and uh, some things like that in the background, that's, that's what's happening there with that. Um, yeah, so in this episode we got into... Uh, his lifestyle, it got into how he created what he has. He has uh, somewhat of an empire. And uh, yeah, just really, really interested on how people like Mark um, have been able to create the things that they have and, and uh, take a, a vision and turn it into a reality. So we get into that. We also get into his history with making himself sick and how he repaired himself, uh, morning routines, all sorts of interesting stuff. So hope you guys enjoy it. We also start talking uh, about psychoactive substances towards the end. Um, At the end of the conversation, we finished and then we kept on getting into some some really interesting conversations. So I I re-recorded. There's gonna be a little little, uh, flashbang and then at the end of the conversation and then it'll go into a little bit more. So Tune in for that. Don't shut it down at the end there. I mean, I want to be sure that I'm doing everything possible to maintain the mobility. Because it is mobility that that probably defines how well you age. 
Thank you so much for tuning into the website, aligntherapy.com. That's A-L-I-G-N therapy.com. Uh, on there, you'll find hundreds of videos in self-care and functional movement. You will find the self-care kit. You will, coming soon, find at-home aligned movement video guide. Uh, that is in the process of editing and getting out. And uh, I'll let you guys know when that comes up. Um, thank you so much for reviews on iTunes. Greatly appreciated. And uh, I got a little quote. Well, this is kind of a quote. I guess it's a quote. I'm reading a book called A Symphony in the Brain. And I think that's what it's called. And uh, just a quick little passage out of that book that I found interesting. I thought it would be fun to read for you guys here. Is uh, in very general terms here. The... the uh, when a person calls you across the street and says hello, the auditory areas of your brain fire to hear what the person says and to make sense of it. The visual cortex at the rear of the brain lights up so you can tell if you recognize the person. Memory starts churning, so you can match what you see and hear against what you know. In order to form a response, thoughts are generated and speech areas begin to fire, which talk to motor cortex and tell it to activate your lips and pharynx and to wave your hand. The emotions of the lower level of the brain may activate if the person is a threat, owes you money, or someone else you love. Uh, and each of these functions is governed by an assembly of neurons, which generate charges that travel through the clusters of cells at between 100 and 200 miles per hour, switching on and off with precision. Uh, so I think it's really easy in our life, in our day to day, to become caught up in these medial tasks and uh, kind of find boredom in our lives when in reality every moment is a mother freaking miracle and uh, just the fact that you can breathe and see and have all your digits on your hands and your toes. It's a pretty big deal. I'd love for people to be able to step back and appreciate that. Uh, Symphony in the Brain, pretty interesting stuff. Gets into operant conditioning, which is like old BF Skinner stuff where uh, various different uh, studies on, on both animals and people have shown that we can actually control our blood pressure, control our heart rate, control the waves, the, the wave frequencies in our brain uh, based off of rewards. So uh, that's something that's happening with cell phones, with Twitter and Instagram up date notifications all that stuff we are literally training our physiology to our reality we are being trained by our environment i think that we can take that into our own hands and train ourselves come on now people let's do it um i may have thanked you for the reviews on itunes already but thanks thanks again and uh thank you in advance oh and for the people that already are using the amazon affiliate link on the right hand sidebar of the blog and the podcast page that is uh helping fund this this podcast um and it shows me that you appreciate it you can also see what people are purchasing i can't see what individuals are purchasing but i see what purchases happen which is really cool because it gives me a sense of what kind of people are listening so thank you again that's awesome really great and um i think that might be sufficient here uh weird fun thing that happened this week i saw a uh, a channel that we uh, channeled some some uh i think they said it was like my my they thought maybe it was my grandpa or something like that pretty interesting gave me some gave me some words of wisdom so that was really fun i never done anything like that before and uh la wacky wacky place lots of interesting people to meet all right here we go thank you so much for listening back to the shizzy with mr mark sisson 
Online Podcast. Can you just tell me what you eat for breakfast and some things like that? I don't eat breakfast, Aaron. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> I, uh, I had a cup of coffee, and then I'm, I'm on a new um, supplement kick. I'm taking uh, 20 grams of collagen protein nice. on an empty stomach about, around 10 o'clock or 10.30. Cool. And then I have lunch around 1. Sweet. How I've been experimenting myself with, um, I don't have as much willpower as a lot of people, I think, uh, yourself included, I'm sure. And so I get to the point of like, it'll be like, I'll get to like 10 or 11. I'll be like, wow, I still haven't had breakfast yet. This is great. And then I'll, I'll, I'll cave and, you know, but I'd like to, what do you think about breakfast? Like timing of, of you know, everybody's different. And I think that, um, if you're good at burning fat and, uh, you wake up and you have energy, uh, and you don't feel hungry, then there's no reason to eat. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll always encounter people who will say, oh, you must eat breakfast. And, and even in the paleo community, there's been a, a, a movement away from that. Well, breakfast is the most important part of the, part of the day. But then there's this pendulum swings back. And some people will say, well, we, didn't use it. we said it and then we didn't say it and now we're saying it again. Like you have to start your day with some form of fat. I just, I don't agree with that. I think I have enough fat on me, even though I'm only, you know, what, 10% body fat. Yeah. You know, I'm, I wake up with energy, um, ready to go. I do have a cup of coffee, I'll admit to the, a little bit of a caffeine jolt there, not much. And, uh, but I can go to the gym at, you know, 1030 and, and totally fasted and do a hard workout, uh, whether it's intervals or a Metcon or some heavy lifting and feel like I got the same workout I would have gotten had I carbo-loaded. Right for it. Um, but they, I also know that if I fast when I come home, that I continue that, that, um, that metabolic flexibility that allows me to burn fat throughout the day and more efficiently. And, you know, that's, if you had to distill the primal blueprint eating strategy down to one sentence, it's really about learning to be a better fat burner Mm. and accessing that fat as fuel, as opposed to depending on sugar. So I think it's interesting, the, the relationship of how, you know, food is information, you know, and as we're eating, it can affect certain things, you know, things that make you feel certain, you know, maybe emotionally different as well. And you went through a period where you stopped with the professional running at age 29. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Did you experience, you were kind of like, you ran yourself into the wall, essentially. Did you experience any type of... Um, emotional components to that as well or was it well the emotional components weren't food related they were just um i was addicted to running the way people are addicted to opiates you know as an endurance athlete you create these natural endogenous opiates that um you you wind up craving on a daily basis uh and some people say well that's a good addiction well not really it's you know in in evolutionary strategy um or in terms of evolution we you know we might have encountered a life or death situation uh, once a week, once every couple of weeks, in which you had to do something to get away and run for your life and sure. and and hide and and uh, you know regroup and 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 figure out what to do next. And one of the uh, evolutionary mechanisms to deal with that was the creation of this um, these endor- these endogenous um, uh, encephalins and uh, endorphins that makes sense in the context of if I'm being threatened with my life, I don't want to give up. I want to maintain uh, a good positive attitude. I want to be, you know, re- ready to um, to live more and not just 
you know, like a deer in the headlights, give up. And I think that's probably one of the one of the evolutionary benefits of this system. Well, that was created when uh, or evolved when, you know, we had those sorts of situations once every couple of weeks, whatever. And now we're we're trying to uh, chase that high every single day as an endurance athlete. You know, you're trying to recreate that life or death situation, um, certainly in a controlled environment because you're you know, you're running and you're not you know, your life is not in danger. But still, you're pushing yourself to that limit where uh, you're creating these these stress response type uh, uh, um, endorphins, as well as as the uh, cortisol, as well as the um, epinephrine, norepinephrine, and all the other things that, that come along with it. So um, anyway, it's a long-winded way of saying I was chasing that for a long time. I, I, it was tough to get that out of my mind and to, and to, and to, uh, to not... Um, get up in the morning and think, well, if I don't run 10 miles today, uh, I'm, the day's a loss. I'm a, I'm a failure. Right. Or, you know, when I, even when I was injured, it was like, okay, I can't run, but if I, I can ride 40 miles today or a hundred miles today and I could do that. So, uh, so those, those all were part of my, um, you know, that was the addiction that I had to, to racing. And then there was probably a component of that, that, that was this addiction to sugar that was part of the, of the equation because I had to, I had to, I thought I had to eat a lot of carbohydrates to fuel my ability to get out and recreate that endurance scenario every single day. So it was this vicious cycle. So when I gave up, um, when I finally came down from the training and it took years, it took five or six years, even after I retired from competition, I still trained like I was competing. Um, and it took, so then I, but I gradually came down from that and then I gradually, um, shifted my diet. So I didn't shift my diet like dramatically at, at all at once. I cut back on calories. I cut back on um, the amount of carbs that I was trying to choke down every day so that I could, because in, in the old days, I thought I would have to go hard the next day and the next day and the next day. So I always felt like I had to, you know, reload the carbs. That, so the carbs naturally decreased. Um, I started to understand that uh, maybe a half gallon of ice cream every single night of my life was not a good idea right. anymore. So I got rid of that. And there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so over, you know, it, you know, the, then I look back and well, that transition took, you know, 15 years to get me to where I finally, the last piece of the puzzle was to get rid of grains. Yeah. But up until then it was, it was a very gradual thing. So I didn't really have a, any, any sort of a, a massive slap in the face about, well, this is going to change your life forever. I, I gradually stopped training so hard. I gradually adjusted my diet. The the big epiphany was when I re- eliminated the grains, and because because yeah. a lot of the things that had already fallen into place, I wasn't gaining weight. That was great. I was retaining muscle. That was awesome. I didn't have to train as much to be fit. All those things were really cool. But I still had arthritis. I still had GERD. I still had upper respiratory tract infections a fair amount. Um, I still uh, had. Um, you know, irritable bowel syndrome that basically ran my life. Mm-hmm. And, and, but I assume those were just like natural parts of, of life and of getting older. I was 47 by that time. Yeah. And so when I gave up the grains, that's when all those things went away. And it's like, okay, wow, that's, that's significant. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, so you're obviously, as far as like any measurable meter of success, like you're, you did it. Like it's, it's, it's like your house is beautiful. You're everything that I've can, you know, see it's like, it's, it's awesome. It's really inspirational to me. You know, so I appreciate it. Um, I wonder 
with that, you know, and, and the, the way that you've, the, the drive that you've had throughout your life with all these things, almost to the point of driving, get, you know, to the wall, um, a lot of the most successful people that I, I meet, you know, or, you know, hear about or whatever, um, have some kind of background of like scarcity or mm-hmm. some kind of thing of like, yeah, I better, you know, save up my ducks or chickens or whatever or else, you know, the winter's coming soon. Is there some kind of winter is coming? Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the night is dark and full yeah. of terrors. Um, yeah, I mean, I went through periods uh, throughout my life. I've always been an entrepreneur, and I, I had um, great, I had a great, great successes at an early age, and then essentially lost everything and had to start over again, and and had other great success uh, after I got married and uh, was uh, had t- two two kids was running a company and decided after about five years of that that I wasn't cut out to work for somebody else. So I quit that job with no money in the bank, a wife and two kids to start my own company uh, with, from zero. And, um, you know, that was cool. that's 20 years ago. And um, since then, it's, you know, I've, I've been gradually um, building upward from there. And uh, it's been a, a very, um, you know, I learned a lot from the prior 30 years, uh, a lot about uh, not just what to do and what not to do, but also about my level of tolerance for risk. So I've mitigated my risk a little bit because I have a family. Yeah. Um, and um, but still, you know, it's there's it's a lot of hard work, and <laughs> uh, we could say that the Primal Blueprint was when it was introduced in two thousand nine. You know, was kind of the first real um, point at which the world knew about my paleo philosophies and my ideas about how to eat and how to how to live and um you know how to move and it was from that point that i started to create um other books and seminars and um uh some other lifestyle products i had some supplements but and then in the last two and a half years we've introduced food and food has been the big um the big thing that's really taken off in the last couple of years yeah L L uh, Russ hooked me up with some the mayonnaise. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Super, super good. Yeah, yeah. Meantime, that's fine. Okay. Yeah, I can piece I all this stuff together. I I'm this way quite a bit. With um, I don't feel like, and I, I promise not to just keep driving down the the scarcity thing. But I oftentimes will not feel. Dude, scarcity runs my life. The fear of scarcity runs my life. Huh. Yeah, so me too. You know, it it it, it just <laughs> it's weird. I don't know whether it's my. Um, you know, my puritanical New England upbringing or whatever. <laughs> but, you know, the more, the more I have, the more I just shift the, I just shift the, right. the, the edge further out. It's crazy, you know? Exactly. So anyway, go ahead. No, that's it. That's my curiosity. And yeah. so, so to me, I've been working on unwinding that for myself. Cause I, I, you know, whatever had like kind of interesting childhood situations that could or could have not attributed whatever but I noticed that as well you know like now I'm at this point where I'm fine you know like I have money in the bank and you know blah 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 but I've noticed the exact same thing just the baseline kind of gets pushed forward yeah have you done any work with unwinding that? Oh my God! It's, I mean, I spend yeah. I mean, all the time, and all I have all I have to do is take a step back and go, "Holy crap! Look at all I've done, all I've created, all I have, all the things I'm grateful for." Um, you know, I've got a great company, I've got great employees, I've got a great, an awesome wife, I've got the two best kids in the world. I think some of your listeners might, you know, have a problem that I said that because they might have the best kids in the world. But you know, but but I I, I feel strongly about that. Um, you know, I've. 
I'm, I'm in a house that uh, that is my dream house. I've had it for 14 really? years, and every day I come home and I go, I can't believe I live here. Yeah. So, you know, I have all that stuff. So it's it's just stupid. It's not just ridiculous. It's stupid that I would even have that that uh, that thing in the back of my head that says, well, you know, it could all go away. Um, something could happen. And, and so, but those are, that's just chatter. That's monkey chatter. And I've talked about it in my, in my blog post. I talked about it in the book, The Primal Connection. And it's, you know, and I'm always uh, aware of it, uh, but that doesn't mean it doesn't go away, right? It, yeah. You just have to identify it for what it is and go, well, it's, that's really silly, Mark. Just, you know, take a step back and, and do a little gratitude exercise and everything will be fine. And it usually is, you know. Yeah. Have you, I don't need to include this if you don't want me to, but have you experimented with any type of psychedelic type for like ceremonies at all? No, you know, we... I'm pretty conservative there, and uh, I, in my college years, when drugs were all over the place, I mean, I had a guy. I'm, there was a guy on my cross country team going to Boston every weekend to shoot heroin. Nice. Uh, there was, you know, I uh, LSD was pretty rampant in my prep school and in my college days. But because I was an athlete, I sort of stayed away from that stuff. It just didn't. Right. It didn't ap- appeal to me. Uh, and the more I stayed away from it, the more I also thought, well, I'm the guy who won't come back from the, from the bad trip, you know? So mm-hmm. I sort of stayed away from the real, from the psychedelics. Yeah. I've, I've done mushrooms a little bit and, you know, not, not impressed. Um, you know, smoked a little weed. It just makes me forget what I'm saying and makes me stupid now. So I don't do that yeah. very much. Um, you know, and then, um, we were really close to a 5-DMT mm-hmm. um, guided guided trip a couple of years ago. And at the last minute, I pulled out of that, partly because my sister's um, relationship had had, um, had, had a serious uh, bad experience with the same person that we were going to be doing the, right. the, uh, the thing with. So... So yeah, it wasn't. It just wasn't good, and she she actually still deals with it. So um, you know, and the ayahuasca thing has always been kind of out there, and I probably will at some point do that. But the other thing that um, you know, I may be naive or whatever. I feel like I've got a pretty good handle on who I am and where I am, and and uh, you know, the the whole spiritual thing for me is pretty pretty well defined within my own sphere. So I don't. I, I I've never felt the need. To to explore that way because something was missing. Sure, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, I feel you. Um, so um, from like a, uh, I mentioned in the beginning, like where anywhere that I could potentially fill any type of slot in the paleo world is the movement aspect of it. Yeah. One of the big things that you focus on with that is is play being a really crucial component. Yeah. You know, I think that play going beyond just coming from like your background where it's like linear drive go straight line no play no play yeah yeah no play <laughs> how do you how do you start to bridge that bridge that gap you know or what maybe why you know mm. or how did you find the value in it to the point that now it's like oh it's like actually really important yeah well i mean um i you know it just depends on how you define play i guess but i i now define a, a lot of the, what i consider play is is a movement that in, that is fun. So, uh, as an endurance athlete, there's this sad reality that you never really have fun. You can, you know, you're out. Me and I enjoy being out with the boys on the bike 
and or on a long run and be you know having a chat or whatever but it's not really fun the way playing a pickup basketball game is fun or even a tennis game or even you know it's not running isn't a game other than you're trying to um reel in your uh desire to want to stop uh you're managing pain you're trying to get in a zone that is a zone of uh, a threshold of just up to severe discomfort and that's just none of that's fun right so in all the events that i ever did there was no point from the time the gun went off until i crossed the finish line that i could truly say wow this is fun ever and that's freaking sad for for a guy who spent his life doing that and Moreover, um, I didn't, during those years, I didn't ski, I didn't surf, I didn't uh, skateboard, I didn't do, I didn't do anything because that was potentially going to injure me. You know, skiing, if you're a runner and you ski, first of all, if you're a runner, all the muscles are contemplated to make you move straight ahead. Yeah. So you have no real side-to-side alignment, you have no, you have no... Um, you know all of the small muscles that are that are stabilizers and p- postural and balance uh, co- coordination type muscles they sort of atrophy sure. in in and that's why you get like runners who will trip over a root on a on a on a run and stumble and break a wrist because they don't even have the the basic even though their legs are really strong they don't have the yeah. basic kind of fine motor skills and balance to be able to overcome that so as a re, as as an endurance athlete i never i never did those fun sports yeah. uh snowboarding skiing um you know skating any of that stuff so now now that i don't run anymore and now that i'm looking for ways to have fun i mean i've got a i've got a game tomorrow ultimate game it's as you can see it's cold out here it's raining we're gonna have the mud bowl tomorrow and it's gonna be <laughs> awesome and we'll be you'll know, be eight on eight and we'll be muddy and slippery and sliding around and the frisbee will be wet and we'll have the best time ever yeah uh so that's and it's all fun it's never it's never oh my god when's it going to be over you know I, I i allocated two hours for this game and uh i can't make it through two hours it's for me it's always oh shit you know damn two hours is up i wish we could play another two hours right so that's kind of how i'm defining fun through movement now i'll go off for a a paddle and uh even though i'm working hard paddling um i'm hanging out with dolphins i'm looking down at sea life um i'm sometimes i'm paddling with a friend having a com- an in-depth conversation and and i define that as fun so between the now i snowboard and i uh, you know and, and, and the ultimate games and um whatever else we're doing that's that involves activity one of the criteria is I better think it's fun. Like I wouldn't go. For, I would go for a hike if I thought it's, it's going to be a fun hike. We'll have a good time. But if if it was just oh, it's Tuesday, it's hike day. I have to go hike. Yeah, that doesn't appeal to me anymore. Yeah, it reminds me of like the the guy from Da Vinci Code that always does his lashings. Oh right, yeah, it goes exactly. beyond Da Vinci Code. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's like it's like a part of yeah. the red. If you if I didn't get my lashings in today, yeah, no, then right. I'm missing this thing. But exactly. it's interesting how we kind of we we start that seed of yeah. I need my lashings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, very very true, very true. <laughs> yeah, and then the sedentary, I, I find it interesting as well. Like oftentimes people that are very linear in their movement practice. They're sedentary. They just don't realize it, you know, because they're just they're just nailing this one. If you were to relate movement to a language, this one sentence. Yeah. You know, I love pancakes. I love pancakes. I love pancakes for 
20 hours, yeah. you know, as opposed to actually putting themselves in that situation where, oh, we're just talking in a bar now, yeah. you know, and now, oh, this person's coming up and oh, and now I actually even speak a whole different language, right. you know, but we don't allow ourselves that, that capacity to kind of like move beyond that. Mm-hmm. What about aging? How is that? It sucks, man. <laughs> it sucks. You'll find out one day. Don't be that. Whenever I talk to people about aging, I'm always like, I'm like, you gotta go look at Mark Sisson. He's doing great. No, but I mean, uh, you know, when I say it sucks, I, um, you know, I still, I most of the people I play ultimate with are in their 20s and 30s, nice. and they're really fit, and I can keep up with them. So, uh, you know, I don't feel, I don't feel old at all. Um, and you know, mobility becomes the focal point when you get older. So Mm -hmm. I, I'm doing a lot of collagen supplementation right now because I'm, it's the connective tissue that I'm really most, uh, concerned about. It's the Achilles, my Achilles tendons tend to, um, not like the amount of sprinting that I ask of them on a weekly basis. So I want to give them all the raw materials to repair in a way that keeps them pliable and, and strong. Um, and that goes, you know, for all of the, uh, all the work I do in the gym, all the lifting, all of the pulling and pushing, all that stuff that puts uh, puts a stress on the joints. I mean, I want to be sure that I'm doing everything possible to maintain the mobility because it is mobility that that probably defines how well you age. Yeah, you know, if you're if you're immobile, it's a slippery slope and you go downhill quickly. The more mobile you are, uh, the more you can maintain muscle mass. The more you can maintain uh, again, pliability and strength in your connective tissue. The more you can maintain uh, metabolic flexibility and be burning, still be burning fat and a little bit of glucose. Uh, the more you can maintain your blood sugar in that way and and uh, avoid type two diabetes and and the uh, litany of of issues that arise with that. So mobility is kind of that. You have to get the diet right. I will say that. But as you get older, the the mobility thing and particularly the 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 range of mo- strength through a range of motion is really what this is about. So people who would say, well, you know, I'm, I'm staying mobile. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm running marathons at the age of 75. And I go, well, you know, I, you're, you're being mobile, but you're limiting your mobility to a very narrow range of motion. Yeah. And the more you could spend time in the gym, um, you know, doing more weight bearing activity and putting your upper body through a wider range of motion and maybe doing some yoga and some stretching uh, or even some Pilates uh, to, 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 again, to cause the body to want to maintain every possible system for as long as possible. Because yeah. the body just wants to atrophy. And as you get older, that's that whole mobility thing. Again, is that once you get older and you, and you stop moving as much, the body says, hey, we get to shut down. This is awesome. Yeah. Body doesn't care if you if you live to 80. I mean, the, you know, the body really is a vessel to carry the genetic material so you can have progeny. And after that, it's like your job is done from an evolutionary standpoint. So we kind of have to, you know, trick the body into wanting to stay fully functional for as long as possible. Yeah. Everything tends to fall into disorganization without intention. 
you know, and so it's the same thing in your house. When you're walking around your house, if you sit down on the couch or whatever, you just leave it the way it is, it'll kind of get a little messed up and then yep. it's stuck, 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 stuck. And that's, that's what I witness with people as they age is they didn't have enough intention in their momentary practice or enough education to even have the intention right. in the first place. Right. And now all of a sudden they're in this really disorganized, uncomfortable prison of a body and they don't know how to get themselves out of it and they call it old age. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's, it's, it's like that, it's that momentary intention and awareness and education. I think that can make the, make the biggest difference. Do you ever have existential moments of, I'm not in the body of my 29 year old professional athlete self anymore? Or is that like, no, I mean, I, I really, I, I do feel like, um, yeah, I'm 63 and I kind of, I feel like I'm in my late better than you were. Yeah, no, no, there are times, there are times when I do feel I'll wake up in the morning and I'll be moving better than, than the decade between the ages of say, uh, 20 and 30. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause in those days, because of all I was doing and all in the diet, I, I literally had osteoarthritis already. I had, um, you know, that I, I was immobile in a lot of my movement and, um, and it would take an hour for me to warm up. Uh, in the day to where I didn't have to limp, yeah. you know, and that doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. I see around your house, you have all sorts of, uh, like positive reinforcement type things, the rocks in the, in the sink and love and giving and nurturing and all the things I, I, I have a lot of that in my, my, I try to put a lot of that in my world as well. Is that something that you, it's my wife. I was thinking that as I was, as I was yeah. saying, I was like, wait, that's probably his wife. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but it affects you cause you know, no, it, no, no, it, it totally does. It totally does. <laughs> Um, it's, it's, you know, uh, it's all stuff that she enjoys and, and her, her field of study is spiritual psychology. So she's really into, um, anything that has to do with, uh, that, that particular connection. And, and she's, you know, she spent a fair amount of time in India and in, um, you know, we've been to Bali and we've been to Thailand and we've been to a number of these, um, countries where the religious icons are, um, they're sort of represented in this house, yeah. whether it's, uh, you know, a Ganesh. Our dog's name is Shanti. Yeah, I heard that. Uh, you know, um, you see the Buddhas all over the house. and the, Yeah. 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 Is that, um, I'm curious just for, you know, like, like I said, like you would fall into the category of, of role model to me in, in, in various different categories. And so I'm curious where, coming from my, I'm 29. Mm. So I, yeah, <laughs> so we've yeah. mentioned the word 29 a lot, yeah. <laughs> or the number. Uh, what's the, the, the path towards kind of like manifesting your reality? You know, do you, do you have like vision boards, Tony Robbins stuff? Do you have just, you know, daily lashings, Da Vinci code? You know, <laughs> I have, you it's, you know, that's right. I, I have, um, I've allowed myself to shift courses, uh, change direction, many times in my life. And I tell my kids I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up until I was 47. And I, and I, and I, would, I would not take back anything I did. So I had a lot of different uh, paths that I took, a lot of uh, doors that were wide open I went through, and then they, were, they slammed behind me. And um, I had to you know, make a right turn here or a left turn there, or there's a dead end there. I mean, all of it's part of a process. It gets you to where you are. There's no, you can't really look back on your life and say, oh, this is, this is exactly what I was destined to do. You can look back and go, wow, I'm glad I wound up here. I could have wound up way over there doing something else. I mean, I could have been a doctor. I was, I was um, going to be a physician um, until the age of 20. Everything in my life was contemplated. Am I going to medical school and becoming a doctor? And, and, and it's, 
you know, the, the, the best thing I ever did was not become a doctor. Yeah. So uh, people would say, well, in another, in another lifetime, someone else might say, oh, well, that was, a, that was your first big failure. You said you're going to be a doctor and you weren't a doctor. No, it was just, a, just another uh, turn I took in the journey. And I feel like I've probably helped far more people now doing what I do than I would have ever helped as a, as a physician. Yeah. So I'm thrilled with that. Um, you know, even the, even the, the business that I'm in, I mean, I was doing supplements for 20 years. I was on, um, a a great path of building a business with supplements. And then by virtue of the fact that I was espousing this lifestyle with the primal blueprint, it was kind of a DIY, um, minimalist lifestyle, uh, you know, cook your own meals, make your own bone broth, uh, you know, grow, grow your own vegetables, whatever it was. Uh, and, and I was also selling the world's highest potency, full-spectrum, multivitamin, multimineral, antioxidant supplement. There was a little bit of a disconnect there. I still believe in supplementation, but um, it seemed more uh, a, a, a better fit to start getting into making the foods that I was talking about making on the Saturday recipe portion of Mark's Daily Apple. So, you know, we started with this mayonnaise um, almost two years ago now. This uh, Primal Kitchen avocado oil-based mayonnaise is made with avocado oil, the healthiest of all the oils, organic cage-free eggs, um, organic vinegar from non-GMO beets, uh, some sea salt, and it's taken off. People are loving it. Mm-hmm. And it's, so it's... The, 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 my customer for that product is somebody who hasn't had mayonnaise for 20 years or 10 years because it's got canola and soybean oil and it's got all these nasty oils in it. Right. So they sort of either wrote off ever having mayonnaise again, or they made their own, in which case it worked half the time and it didn't work other half the time. It didn't last more than doesn't two days. So we, yeah, so it's still, yeah, but who, you know, who, does I, it? who has time? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so that made much more sense to create products that people would, would want that fit this, the specs that I had created through the primal mm-hmm. blueprint. Uh, the same goes for the salad dressings, which are also based on avocado oil. Um, you know, one of my favorite actors of all time is Paul Newman, and, and my favorite movie of all time is Cool Hand Luke. Um, but Newman's own dressing just breaks my heart when you pick up the bottle and you see <laughs> yeah. it's, you know, it's extra virgin olive oil and vinegar dressing, and then you turn it over and, and the first ingredient is water, and then there's soybean oil, and then there's cottonseed oil, and yeah. oh yeah, there's the extra virgin oil. A teaspoon of... A teaspoon yeah. of... It's like, <laughs> really, dude? Um, so we wanted to create products that people would... would be making in their home from scratch if they had the time. Uh, but if they didn't have the time, they could at least rely on us doing it for them and doing it the right way. Yeah. And that's, we've now launched eight products and they're, we're killing it. Yeah. I think it's really easy for a person. Uh, why I moved to Santa Monica is, is because I felt like my ideas were kind of getting bigger than my place. Yeah. You know, and I think it's really easy for a person to kind of just keep on, being small, you know, because it's safer or because they don't have enough, um, you know, self-belief or whatever it may be, but the ability to take that idea and actually turn into reality, like everything that's in this house started off at some dude or lady's head yeah. and then they started whittling away and now here it is. Now it's at Mark Sisson's house and we're yeah. sitting on it, Yeah, you know, like coming back to the seed of like whatever Mark's daily apple or, or yeah. whatever. But I mean, that's Mark's daily apple was what, 
allowed me to play around in a lot of different spaces. So we did seminars for a while and we've done, we have a coaching program now that's just doing very well. We've got a lot of people very interested in becoming a primal health coach. Uh, It's allowed me to, to take a concept that's based on taking back control of your health through making uh, choices that are more appropriate and and making um, products or services that offer people an opportunity to get there a little bit more easily than than if they tried to do it on their own. So if you'd asked me even four years ago, so are you? would you want to be the Mayo King of the paleo world? <laughs> I go, wow, where'd that come from? Right. You know, how, how'd you come up with that? And yet, in retrospect, it was the most natural evolution, and mayonnaise became the holy grail of the condiments for the paleo community. Yeah. Now that now that we have this mayo, people are eating chicken salad again, and tuna salad again, and potato salad again because of the cold potatoes and the resistant starch, and egg salad. And they just these are people who thought they were never going to be able to eat those again because they were paleo. They, these were paleo eaters who couldn't eat mayonnaise. Well, now they can. So um, it's all just uh, it's all divinely perfect every everything that you wind up doing in your life leads to the next thing and as long as it's uh, in your uh, sphere of reference and in your mind as long as you love it and embrace it uh, then it's that's exactly the way it's supposed to be yeah what are you working on actively working on in yourself right now as far as you know it's like walking around the house and like wow like man I'm so grateful this place is so amazing are there any things that like what's on 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 your to-do list of like, this needs to be better personally or lifely or anything, or is there anything out there like that? Oh, uh, no. So I don't really have any, um, goals that are, um, defined by, by stuff, for yeah. instance. Sure. Um, you know, my, my main goal right now is to, it's, it's always back to kind of the first thing we talked about was working on that monkey chatter, working on that, yeah. that, um, the worry that I have, you know, I, I, I still have, I have almost 50 employees now and we have all these different business entities and you know there's they're they're doing well but still they they need financing and they need um looking after and stuff can go wrong i mean gary vaynerchuk i don't know if you know gary who gary v is gary vaynerchuk but he sort of famously says you know all ceos do is deal with shit because anything that's going well Right. Their management is is right. handling. We're handling it. Right. You know, we're handling it. But <laughs> but it, an email to Mark. But, it's, like, <laughs> but if it's but if it's going to hell, then it comes to me, and I have yeah. to fix it, or, or allocate resources to fix it, or do something in that regard. So, but you know, uh, on having said that, I enjoy that aspect of it, and I and I have a great team, and um, I don't have a lot of those sorts of emergencies or fires to put out. But that doesn't mean I don't worry about them and think about it. Right. So that's the, that's the, the big thing for me is, uh, is get rid of the noise, you know, in my, in my brain. And, and, but if you distill that down to, and it's easy enough to come to the realization, dude, that's just your thoughts. Doesn't really exist. (laughs) What you're worrying about hasn't happened yet. Um, you know, a a friend of mine, George Pransky says that worry is the inappropriate use of imagination. And uh, and it's true. It's, you know, you can get yourself into a into a tizzy, worrying about shit that that hasn't happened, that probably won't happen, yeah. that might happen, but don't worry about it until it does. And if when it does, if it does, deal with it then. Yeah. You know, don't ruin your life for the next six months or a year 
on the on the possibility that something could go wrong. Yeah. The other thing I like is is worrying is is like praying for what you don't want to happen to to happen. Yeah. Does that make sense? Right. No. I see, yeah. <laughs> I said that. That's right. a meme. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That one. Yeah. So are you doing like like meditation practice? Are you doing any kind of like? No. It's just, really this is this is so much about just being in the moment and recognizing thoughts for what they are mm-hmm. and being able to instantly go, oh yeah, I, I go there. And I used to go there and, and dwell there for a long time and lose sleep at night. Um, I used to, you know, I would wake up at five or four or five in the morning, just about every morning. And if I couldn't go back to sleep, it was just all the stuff that could go wrong and thinking about all the things I had to do. And yeah. And now I just, if I wake up, it's like, oh yeah, that's just a thought. I don't have the time, I don't have time to, to think about that right now. And it's not going to do any good anyway. So I'll go back to sleep. Yeah. You know, big difference. Yeah. I heard uh, some, some actress, I don't remember who it was, but they said that you could base your success off of how easy it is to fall asleep at night. Yeah. Uh, to me, it was like, yes. Yeah. Like, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good metric. All the materials, it's, it's bullshit if yeah. you're if you're if you're freaking out all the time and i think that's that's the thing that people we can become confused that because that person has the thing that means they must be you know whatever and then we end up letting go of all the the simple things and you know going for money or whatever it may be and we end up missing it I think. yeah no and it's and it doesn't help being in malibu where you know there are successful people all around you and if you measure yourself by that yeah. you're just going to go go crazy yeah um it doesn't. It doesn't mean you shouldn't, you know, want to continue to to strive. I mean, there's a there's a basic um, human drive to you know to want to continue to improve your lot in life for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Cool, man. Well, you gotta you gotta run soon. Um, but uh, thanks so much. Yeah, no, really appreciate. Pleasure, yeah. How do um, people find find you find find all the things? Um, the well, MarksDailyApple.com is the blog. Been around for ten years now, ten plus years. Um, PrimalBlueprint.com is the website where they can buy the books. Um, check out some of the check out the mayonnaise and the dressings. It's really good. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. <laughs> sort of got. Yeah, no, we're very happy with it. We're very pleased with it. Cool. Yeah. Sweet. Well, all right. Thank you, man. Thanks, Aaron. Yep. Appreciate it. Yep. I tried to covertly start recording again, but don't worry about it. But I think, it's, <laughs> but I think it's the same thing, in that the same way, you know, if your thoughts are toxic and you're praying for the worst to happen, yeah, then you're creating things, yeah, you know. And if you're allowed to, if you're able to kind of strip yourself from that and yeah. get more into, you know, purity of thought, whatever it is, then you're maybe creating, you're still creating things, but you're creating what you want as opposed to all the all the turbulence. Yeah, no, it's, you know what I'm saying, no, totally. That's. Have you heard of the three principles? Tell me. Uh, well, the three principles is a is a way of thinking started by uh, a guy named Sidney Banks, and um, it's taught by um, now Sidney Banks is dead, but it's taught taught by a guy George Pransky. This guy just cited a little while ago, and that's who my wife studies. And it's the three. Cool. It's basically they say they're three principles. It's um, it's um, mind, consciousness, and thought, but they're kind of all the same thing. Yeah. But they'll say that they're higher. One's higher than the other, and one has to do with consciousness. One has to do with ideas, and and one has to do with some universal uh, um, collective knowledge that we can all tap into. Mm-hmm. That's where they kind of lo- lose me. But yeah, um, well, so the universal collective knowledge stuff. I think that that's the place that a lot of us we don't ever not to say that I have access or you know whatever, but um, you know through things like like doing like ayahuasca ceremonies. Yeah. Right? Or have you done some? 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's I think that you would really appreciate it. How often really do. how often do you do it? I've only done four yeah. in total. Yeah. And so I've done I've done uh, two where I did two times back to back. And um, I think it's it's one of those things where it's anytime you're going through something like that, what you the the I guess what you can pull from it is you get pulled out of the driver's seat of, of Mark or Aaron. Yeah. And you see Mark driving. Yeah. You know, and so, and some, and, and, but that, so that bad trip, you know, that fear of like, oh, I might never come back, you know, yeah. like that's, that is the bad trip is resistance around you miss kind of losing the ship for a yeah. second, yeah. but the ship comes back. You know? Yeah, no, but I, and I haven't heard that with ayahuasca, but the five DMT stuff, that was the, you know, that's the one they call the God molecule. And that's mm-hmm. the one where you, you basically smoke it. Yeah. Have you done that or? You, I have. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. It's like a roller coaster, yeah. Um, as opposed to like a safari, yeah. You know, so so yeah. with the five DMT, it's like, um, you know, you completely lose all. You know, you're you're not in the room anymore, yeah. And it's, you know, and whoa, and, yeah. You know, it's and it's and it's really, um, it really powerful. I'm not. I shouldn't speak about it because I've only had one experience with it, yeah. But um, it, with ayahuasca, you're you're in that for four to six to you know about that hours, yeah. And, uh, so that's 30 minutes with the five DMP, right? Or less. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so, and so with the difference with that, when you have a good five, six hours to sit with yourself, you go through all sorts of shit, man. You know? And so there was a moment where I was, I, you know, in one of the trips specifically, I, um, I felt completely insane, you know, and that's the, that's the scary thing. Yeah. But from that, you know, that insanity is kind of like, well, maybe, it's 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 the resistance around um i need to have this aaron alexander thing that i've created yeah you know and i have my podcast and i do rolfing and i do you know all these things that just the all those things to me are just means of me feeding myself they're just means of me trying to create something that i can give back to the community and the tribe so they don't kick me out yeah you know yeah and so to to miss that for a second all the stuff that you create that that allows you to belong in the tribe to to leave that for a second is fucking scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So why would you not would you not do the five DMT again or no? I'd love to do it again. Okay. Yeah, I ask people, you know, probably oh. like once a month, like hey, maybe we get some DMT. <laughs> <laughs> but I've yeah. only done it one time, and it was years ago. Okay. You know, yeah. It's not like I'm like you know like a yeah. I'm like really. It's 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 yeah. just things that I, I value greatly, but not something that I do a lot yeah you know but i I just anytime that people are are digging more into themselves i think it's great yeah whatever practice it is yeah anyways cool yeah um yeah you gotta run yeah now it's officially four o'clock four o'clock podcast. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. I greatly appreciate your comments and your shares in iTunes. They determine the ranking and the visibility of the show and they make me smile. So I look forward to reading those guys. Be sure to check out the website aligntherapy.com. That's A-L-I-G-N therapy.com. On there you can find my blog. You can find this podcast, more information about the topics and the, and the uh, guests that we've had on the show. You can find hundreds of absolutely free instructional videos on self-care, functional movement, how to get strong, how to get fast, how to get exactly what you want out of your body as well. Be sure to check out the self-care kit where it is as small enough to fit underneath the seat in your car 
And it's like a physical therapist and massage therapist all wrapped up into one package. I know you guys are going to love the website. I know you guys are going to get a lot of value out of it. And I look forward to hearing your comments. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening. And remember to join the movement by subscribing to the podcast. If the information has been helpful, please share and leave your comments in iTunes. Aaron personally reads each one and it makes all the work worthwhile. Together, we will make a difference and continue to bring more powerful and inspiring messages to the world. Align Podcast.